Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Equitymates Media, this is The Dive. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. Housing, the world's biggest asset class, a safe haven for investors. For decades, housing has been the domain of mom and dad investors, mom and pop if you're in America. The big financial institutions, they stayed away. But over the past decade, that's changed, at least in the US. Wall Street is coming for the family home. In January, 33% of all homes purchased in the US were bought by investors, often Wall Street-backed companies with multi-billion dollar funds. That's not an overly pleasant statement to say, and we're not trying to fear monger here, but there is an emerging trend of big financial institutions turning to residential real estate as an asset class and buying up family homes. It's Monday, the 3rd of October, and today I want to know, why is Wall Street going after residential property? And should I be worried? To talk about this today, I'm joined by my colleague at Equity Mates, Darcy Cordell. Darcy, welcome to The Dive. Thanks, Sasha. Can Wall Street leave us alone, please? <laughs> I know. It's a, it's like the boogeyman, really. And here's a question for you. I think I already know the answer. Neither of us are property owners, are we? No, I'm uh, a fair way from it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not the kind of headline that we want to see. Definitely not when we're saving madly to try and get involved in the property market. So when we talk about Wall Street, that's shorthand for the banks, the hedge funds and the professional investors that essentially drive the stock market and America's financial system. Think BlackRock, JP Morgan, Vanguard, powerful businesses and powerful people. But this trend is a relatively new venture. What are they trying to do here, Darcy, except for making us really mad? Sasha, Wall Street is coming after the family home. Essentially, they want to buy and even build homes to then rent them out and make money. According to John Burns Real Estate Consulting, big investors committed $45 billion to buying family homes in America last year. That's up from $3 billion the year before, an increase of 1,500%. And even as housing markets cool around the world, which we're seeing at the moment, investment is still pouring in. That's a whopping increase in a really short period of time. When did this start happening? So after the GFC, in around 2009, private equity giant Blackstone, they floated the idea of adding a portfolio of homes to their assets, but they didn't actually have much support. The banks refused to lend them any money back then. But Blackstone went ahead despite this, and they made an initial investment of about $100,000 in Phoenix, Arizona. This is around 10 years ago. It's all part of an enormous bet on what some consider the hottest new asset class on the street, America's single-family homes. The biggest players in this new game include New York private equity giant Blackstone through its subsidiary Invitation Homes. Colony American Homes, a unit of $20 billion investment fund Colony Capital, and California-based American Homes for Rent. And now that experiment has evolved into an institutional-grade asset class. In the past decade, the value of homes owned by institutions 
has doubled to $4.7 trillion. And for some context on that, the value of all of America's offices is about $1.9 trillion. So that's where we're at now. And Blackstone is definitely not the only player. I mean, the only thing I can think when you say that is $100,000 isn't going to buy you much property in Australia. We have such a hot market. 1850, number 17 starts. I know, Sasha. It's, it's a small amount and look what it's turning into. Yeah, but Blackstone's certainly not alone. Some of the other major players that have emerged are Goldman Sachs and KKR. So Darcy... The question I keep coming back to is why are they doing it? I don't think Wall Street companies are so generous that they're going to be moving their employees into these homes. So the cynic in me is wondering, is it simply because rent prices are soaring and they're just looking to capitalise on returns? We are seeing record rental prices across the United States, no more so than here in the state of Florida. Miami seeing a 58% increase on rent on average. That's one of the main reasons. I'll give you some numbers here, Sasha. These are the annual returns for different sections of the US property market over the last five years. So shopping centres, they've returned negative 1% per year. Offices have returned 5% a year. Retirement housing has had a 7% return per annum. Apartments, 12% per year. Not bad. But the standout, the annual returns from family rentals has been 21%. And Wall Street clearly wants a piece of that cake. If I had a way of buying a couple hundred thousand single-family homes, I would load up on them. Is there anything else behind this explosive growth? Many Western countries are seeing their populations grow older and demographics are definitely changing. Has that given momentum to the growth as well? Yeah, there is the explanation that ageing millennials offer this growing market. Millennials are beginning to approach their late 30s and early 40s and that's seen as a bit of a sweet spot for landlords. They're coming to the point in life where many want better schools for their kids, more space for their pets, or to be closer to the park or the beach. And these areas attract high rents. Wall Street companies want to buy up property in these areas and take advantage of the trend. Okay, so I want to move our attention now to real estate investment trusts or REITs. These are a popular option for many investors. You can buy one of these on the stock market like a regular share and it gives you exposure to different property sectors. And REITs hold a lot of commercial property. For example, about 50% of shopping malls, shopping centres in the US are held by REITs. But this is not the case for family housing. Are we going to see that change as well? This is where there's that room for expansion, Sasha. So in America, REITs own less than 1% of family rentals compared to about 10% of offices, 15% of retirement homes, and as you said, about 50% of shopping centres or malls. And big investors are also starting to build more rather than just buying existing homes. Last year, nearly 8,000 family houses were built by big institutions, which was actually a record amount. And this is the pretty alarming stat I find. By 2030, MetLife Investment Management expects institutions to own 7.6 million homes. That's more than two-fifths of all family rentals. Okay, I can see where this is going and I don't like it. Let's take a quick break. And then I want to know, is this happening all around the world? And is this trend going to affect me personally? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to The Dive. Today, we've been talking about Wall Street's pursuit of the family home. They're seeing an opportunity in surging rent prices and they've beefed up their investments as a result. We've spoken today, Darcy, mainly about the US. Are we seeing this trend in different parts of the world? The trend has actually spread to Europe as well. Investors such as Aviva and Legal in general, they're building thousands of rental homes across Britain. And Britain now has more than 73,000 what they call build-to-rent properties. Institutional investors are also buying property in Germany, Ireland, the Netherlands, and some of the Nordic nations, which also have a higher share of renters than other wealthy countries. But Darcy, there are two sides to the story here. Some would argue that having corporate landlords like Blackstone could actually be a better option for tenants than a local agent or another homeowner. What anecdotes have we seen so far? Yeah, you're right. So some analysts argue that renting from corporate landlords will actually improve standards in the rental sector and offer more choice in these desirable neighbourhoods. As you said, Wall Street doesn't want to move their employees into the family home. So there's going to be more places available to rent. And in a perfect world, greater supply of housing should lead to lower rents. But on the other hand, some tenants who already do rent from corporate landlords say they've received poor service and excessive rent increases. We haven't really got enough evidence yet to judge which of these opinions might be more accurate. Yeah, and I imagine that this is going to be such a localised issue depending on what country and where you're living. You're going to be receiving different level of service depending on the government intervention as well. So Darcy, I'm not going to lie. You've got me worried that rental prices are going to just keep surging. And as a renter, that, you know, is something that doesn't keep me up at night, but certainly has me worried. Can you leave me with some positive news? I can, Sasha, but I've got one piece of positive and one piece of negative news. Which do you want first? All right. I've always been told to go with the bad news first. Finish on the glass half full. So hit me with the not so great news. Okay, so... History suggests that residential rents, they're far more resilient than those from other property types, especially in periods when supply is tight and property supply is pretty tight right now. But again, it's bumping into that record low levels of of supply out there and the supply issue has actually worsened as we move. If we look at the GFC, even as the number of people wanting or able to buy a home that absolutely crashed, the demand from residential tenants didn't actually waver. So this housing splurge of institutional investors might slow a little, but it's pretty unlikely to stop. That's not great, Darcy. What's the good news? We've experienced a pretty incredible bull market in property over recent years, and rents are very unlikely to continue to climb at this record pace. If we see a global recession and the property market continues to cool, along with rents, then maybe these institutions will back off a little. All right. Well, Darcy... I'm going to write my landlord a really nice note and hope that they let me keep living in my place (laughs) and might start saving manically from my deposit. Not that I haven't been saving already, but you know, 
It's just another thing to keep me motivated. I love that, Sasha. If you enjoyed this episode, if this episode terrified you or you know a friend that is going to be interested, then please send it to them. Tell them about it. That's the best way for our podcast to grow and it really helps us. So please send it on. And if you've just joined us for the first time, then welcome. Go check out our back catalogue. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram at thedive.businessnews. You can contact us by email, thedive at equitymates.com. And you can subscribe wherever you're listening right this second so you never miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today, Darcy. Thanks, Sasha. Until next time. The Dive is a product of Equitymates Media. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of The Dive acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and the connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The hosts of The Dive are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast.